Hey everybody and welcome to episode 86 of the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. My name is Matt, your host for the day, and joining me on the cast are my two prestigious and stupendous co-hosts. First up, Miss Tiffany B. Hello. And Dan. Ladies. Thank you all for joining us. We are back again for another fun-filled cast to talk about games as we normally do and from what i hear it sounds like tiffany b played some games i played two games i feel like we should last we talked we should not delay and we should hear about the games that you have been playing before you forget about them well i only played two and one we've already talked about and i'm just really behind on so that's fine i played sagrada i was gonna say we accept all games but that's not okay Hey, I, I, I had it, and it was just sitting around in shrink, and it seemed like an easy thing. We, we've we had our first game night in, like, months, and, and basically since Kyle had his, well, his wife had their baby. Since Kyle had, had the baby. We, we know that Kyle did most of the work. Ouch. <laughs> uh, I, now that I've met his wife, I can't say things like this. She's a, a lovely lady. She made chocolate chip cookies and everything. We went over wow. to their house. Yeah, so it was nice. We played Sagrada, and that went over well, but I suck at puzzling, is what I learned from Sagrada. It is a very puzzly game. I, I sat there, like, and I'm like, oh, I could put this here. And then, like, three turns later, I'm like, why did I put this there? Mm. That that was my experience for the whole entire game, just, like, doing something, and then two rounds later realizing that it just completely obliterated any hope of, of winning. It really does have, because you're trying to, like, min-max your your tactics in the moment but then you're also trying to forward plan but you have no idea what colors or numbers are going to come out it's tough to get it all straight it's it's not tough i'm just (laughs) (laughs) it's not tough at all it's like i mean it's kind of the perfect game to take over to your friend's house when they have like a a less than you know one-year-old running around Mm mm-hmm because you don't have to have an elaborate rules explanation and it's under an hour and you can you can potentially like run over and make sure she's not you know eating a shoe oh yeah in in between turns so that's nice don't eat uh, shoes but kids yeah. <laughs> but it's i mean it, i had fun and i liked it and i think we would play it again and i'd be better at it yeah i've definitely found that i improve across plays with that one you just need to get get used to it i don't know kyle was used to it instantly oh. well he did all the things kyle's a he's a savvy guy you gotta be careful yeah he always wins mm. I hate that guy how did you feel about those little uh the cards you can spend the gems on we didn't use them very much no. everybody's trying not to use them i wanted to use it because i made mistakes and there was like a thing that would allow me to undo some of my mistakes yeah. But I don't know. Like, I felt like, I forget what the card was. It was, you could just move something and ignore the color rules or something like that. And I'm like, oh, this will fix the problem that I have. But then it would create all kinds of other problems Mm -hmm. is what I kept running into. Like, I was too deep into the mistake to fix it. I gotcha. Is what kept happening to me. I think maybe one other person used one of those cards Mm -hmm. just once. It was not a huge factor. And maybe that's just like a first play problem, question mark? Maybe? No? I don't know. There's, the gems being points at the end is really enticing. You don't want to give them up. No. I And I, I am one to ignore those sorts of things in games just generally. I'll just play the game very vanilla my first time around and not try to do anything too fancy. And I lost because of well, it. Yeah. And because of my ineptitude at spatial reasoning. Oh, my God. So bad at it. They're really useful to get out of a tight bind. I just hate having to teach them. I always feel like the teach is really nice and easy. And then I have to, oh, yeah, by the way, there's these stupid cards. Let me explain how you purchase them. Let me explain what they each all do. Everyone always asks what they do midway through the game again. I just feel like it it breaks up a very easy to play game. Like it's just one, I think it's a needed layer, but I hate having to like, just ruins my nice, smooth, buttery explanation. Just don't set up those cards until you're ready to teach them. Yeah. So are you, ha- did you kickstart this? Yes. Yeah. Are you happy to have it? Is this, a, is this a keeper? Yeah, I think this is one that Board Game Club would enjoy, maybe. I don't know. We'll find out because yeah. I'm going to try it. Yeah. It's uh, They hate rules is the thing. Yeah. So anybody that hates rules is a good game for you. I would say so. Yeah, it's very easy to pick up and play. Uh, and it's definitely a game that you won't forget how to play, really. Yeah, yeah. So we're going back to their house this week. Nice. Hey, hey. I know. 
I didn't scare his wife away too badly. So two game days in a row. Well, two yeah. two weekends in a row rather. It's it's exciting. I'd say. Do you feel like you're getting back in the swing of it, or is it too early to say? Did I? I don't want to jinx it. I don't know about back in the swing of it because I I'm still like playing vastly more video games than board games right now. I just finished A Flame in the Flood. Oh, how do you finish that? Isn't that like an endless roguelike? It can be endless. I played like a regular campaign and I got to the end of oh, it. Okay. I did not get to the end of it. I, I survived. I'm pretty sure I got eaten by a bear. Oh, well, yeah. The bears are dangerous. You yeah. should only confront them if you have several snare traps. I remember spending a lot of time running in circles, but I need to get back to that. Get good. Like literally like on the little island, just like ah, running from things, <laughs> hiding in little burnt out buses and things like that <laughs> yeah i mean that's that i i restarted several times be, because of that exact yeah. problem but i really like that game uh it's good it's definitely a good one to check out it's my player icon for playstation plus is the oh the character nice um, i like the music it's good i like the art style too i think it's it's a good game overall but Anyway, uh, that's not Sagrada. That's Flame in the Flood. That's Flame in the Flood. Sagrada was <laughs> what we were talking about—a dice placement game. What I wanted to ask you, and I'm trying to think of what I was trying to say, uh, was: Did it feel good to be back at a game day? Did it feel manageable? Because I know sometimes it's like you're you're worried about, you know, like oh, my friends have kids and things like that. Like, are we going to be able to do this? Did it feel like it worked? It did. I I I I mean they they're the biggest thing. Like originally we had invited them over to our place and then I was just like maybe this will be easier if we go to their place. Like I invited myself to their place is what It's a very happening. selfless thing to do, Tiff. Good job. I'm like what would happen if we just came to your house? Cuz like, you know, they, he was talking about we they'd be in and out in an hour and a half. I'm like, "Oh, I don't know." Yeah. Too many games we could play in that time. Plus you'd be managing your child and there's no way we'd actually have an hour and a half. So so this worked. Uh, like I said, we played two games. They were shortish games. So it's going to have to be, if we're going to play anything more substantial, uh, I have concerns because yeah. I'll have to have a very tight teach mm-hmm. on those. And in the past, what we've done, since I hate learning rules, is I either have a, either Kyle just learns it on the spot yeah, or, or I've, you know, looked over things briefly and kind of have a meandering teach. So it we'll have to change how yeah. we do things if we keep it you up. You only play from the Watch It Play and Gaming Rules collections. Yeah, I mean, that is true. Kyle, watch this video. I will be over in an hour. <laughs> well, I was kind of looking forward to because we moved a TV down, like, mm-hmm. in my board game library room. Yeah. So theoretically if we were going to do stuff at our house again we could just watch a watch it played right there where the game table is have you ever done that no dan have you ever done that done what like have you, to... have you ever used one of the video tutorials as your teach like hey let's all sit and watch this video real quick no no i've had people recommend like try to get me to do it but i was resistant to it yeah I don't know why. I've used them to prep for teaches for sure, but I've never been like, let's sit and watch Rodney tell us how to play this game. I mean, why not? I mean, he's doing what you would do in a teach. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't know. I think part of the, <laughs> I think part of the reason I prefer to learn it first, so I have the upper hand. Like, <laughs> am I a bad person? I'm a bad person, right? Depends on how many rules you forget to teach, quote unquote. <laughs> I did forget to like even though Sagrada is so easy I kind of forgot some of those like adjacency rules nice the the fundamental part of the placement well it was the day my car broke my car didn't break down but it needed some major repairs so I was like like the lady from the dealership kept calling me hey we have this what do you like I was trying to buy a car there was a baby running around there's a lot of distractions sure it wasn't my fault my favorite is the 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 by the ways as that person is making the move like oh by the way I'm allowed to do this and it's gonna get me a lot of points and you're like what oh yeah no I did we had to start over because I was like oh everybody did it wrong sorry let's go oh I f- by by the way you can't put same numbers next to each other so we're all ruined yeah that's exactly what happened we had to start over i think we were only like two turns in though so it's fine nice dan did you find that this is relevant to me as i'm about to have a tiny child did you find that you had to have people come to you for game days did it your mobility was limited when tristan was born i guess maybe 
Um, I don't know that he limited my mobility or I limited it more because I didn't really feel like leaving him. So that's fair. It's kind of one of those things. Definitely going to impact your gaming. You're not going to do it as much, but it is yeah. what it is. Well, I, and I anticipate that. And obviously, a couple years down the road, things get slightly easier. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking about whether or not traveling like the thing that tiff you're talking about about accommodations is like hey maybe it would be easier to come here or something like that like what's going to be the best way to get games in when those opportunities arise even though they will be few and far between so i just focus on enjoying being a parent the games are secondary man that's my that's my big brother advice (laughs) my impression is is that you won't care yeah that you're missing out on gaming anyway yeah, no, I don't, uh, yeah. My, this isn't my, like, how do I get away with not parenting my child? That's not what I'm asking here. It was just about, yeah, okay, cool. That's, That's not what we were saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I, it's going to be it's going to be a secondary thought. It's like, oh, it's, for you, sure. you could talk about it now. I had the same thoughts before Tristan was born, but once he's born, it's like, yeah, sure, we can play games. But you're going to be exhausted. You're going to be kind of enamored with the child it's gonna it's a whole different ball game i just got clouds on my walls in the nursery it's great fun stuff anywho we're doing a toy story nursery tiff i don't know if you knew that oh so we got clouds on the walls like andy's room that's fun it's pretty cool we're excited it's coming very very soon our baby is now (laughs) the size of a what what was of a baby yeah oh you have to do a fruit what is it now do well kel does parisian baked goods on her app there's like different settings i don't know uh the fruit was something that i didn't know what it was it was a strange fruit your baby is a strange fruit we're like two weeks past butternut squash which is a (laughs) gourd vegetable i i understand that but they said it was the size of one of those plastic scooter boards that you ride around in elementary school so like square things with four wheels on them that is a really strange object to compare a baby to the app has gotten stranger as we've gone on like it started out really like oh a cherry a grape blah 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 and now it's like obscure things like this flat-tailed <laughs> armadillo was one of them <laughs> okay my baby looks like an at least animal. that's an animal like it's it's the size of a square board with wheels on it that you used when you were eight yeah that's strange to ride around the gym it's really specific anyway moving forward back on to you know real life uh b- real gaming life dan have you played anything that has been interesting or fun worth talking about i've played a few things that are new to me do you want to talk about altaplano or space base uh, let's talk about Space Base. That's something that is a little out of our norm. I don't know if it's out of our norm. I mean, we play Monte Coro and Valeria and stuff. but uh, In terms of like what we would normally go for, like we decided, like let's sit down, let's try Space Base, um, which is, like you said, a Machi Coro-style game, and, and I'm interested in your thoughts. So it is a Machi-style game. It's from uh, AG and John... John the Eclair. John the Eclair, <laughs> the hotness. <laughs> um, who has done Mystic Veil and Custom Heroes and a couple other games from AEG. Edge of Darkness, I guess, would be the big Kickstarter recently. Yeah. Um, so this is literally Machi Kuro. You've got 12 slots. It's not literally. Um, you've got these ship cards that are in this... <laughs> I find it to be quite charming the size of the cards i like the shape and size of the cards they're that, kind like, of like gum packet card. yeah they're kind of like rectangular i'd say they're probably like half the size of a normal card kind of thing vertically so cut a, yeah vertically yeah. cut so i found that to be kind of charming the art is cute basically what you're doing is you're rolling two dice and on your turn you get to activate either the two individual numbers or the combined number um in your tableau and then on other people's turns, same thing. You can do two individual numbers or a combined number on your tableau. Uh, the small twist there is that you're not guaranteed to activate on other players' turns because you have to kind of set up your engine to work on other people's turns, I guess is how I would put it. Um, so you start with like 12 basic ships in a line, um, 1 through 12. But as you go throughout the game, you're getting money and you're buying new ships, um, those new ships 
uh, have a prescribed number on them when you buy the card, right? So if I buy the four, it goes in my four slot. If I buy the eight, it goes in my eight. Um, and when you do that, you bump the old ship. And what you do is you take the old ship, you flip it over, um, kind of on its axis, I guess, and tuck it under your, your board. And now that is available to be activated on other players' turns. So the ones that are on your board, fully revealed 1 through 12, are what you activate on your turn. The ones that are tucked under the board, and this is all color-coded, so it's, it's easy to kind of remember. The ones that are tucked under your board and have the red background now are what you would activate on other people's turns. So you're trying to constantly kind of weigh setting up the engine for your turn versus kind of supporting that engine on other people's turns, um, kind of using the, the prevalent die rolls based on probabilities, etc. So I found that to be a nice little twist. Um, it wasn't just, oh, I have a six, so then when you roll six, I activate all my sixes kind of thing, which is, which is nice. I mean, anything where you get, I like these games now that give you stuff on other players' turns that kind of keep you engaged, especially when they're uh, you know the lighter fare but this one I yeah I found that particularly fun to kind of set up my engine to work both on my turn and on other people's turns uh, the other kind of I guess little twist on it is money when you spend money to buy these different cards you have to spend all of it and when you spend all of it you then are you bump your marker back up to your what your what's called your income level so as the game's going on you can buy cards that kind of increase or trigger and increase your income level which is kind of like the the minimum threshold that your money comes back to so if my my income was at eight and let's say I had 20 gold I bought a I bought a 18 cost card I go down to two I spend it all but then I come right back up to eight to start my next go around and then I'm getting money on other players turns potentially and things like that so it's a it's got a nice kind of progression um, and how like you get to buy cards and increase your engine and things like that and then it, you just play first to 40 which is it's fairly quick i think the game plays in under an hour like i said it just goes around the table super quick with getting other stuff on or getting stuff on other players turns also kind of keeps everyone kind of involved and flowing so overall i liked it i think i like it better than i definitely like it better than machi koro i think i might like it better than valeria but i'm I'm not sure. I'd have to play it again to get my feelings straight on it. But uh, I definitely thought it was uh, it was a worthy game if you like those those style those style that doesn't that's not English those sorts of games in that style. Yeah, I think Space Base does this well. I like you mentioned doing stuff on other players' turns. I felt was something that Valeria really did well over Machi Koro. Machi Koro had a couple of those cards, and actually that like restaurant strategy was the best way to do it, where you're activating on other people's turns and stealing money and stuff. But Valeria did it well in terms of keeping everyone engaged, and I think that this game does that well in addition, additionally. Uh, which is really what you want from this game, because this game would be very boring if you didn't get to do anything until your turn came back around, because you just roll the dice and activate a couple of ships. Uh, it's not that exciting of a turn, but the fact that you get to do it every turn is cool. And the idea of, like, do I want to plan for other people's turns? Like, I, I tried to play where I wanted to maximize other people's turns, because that was happening more frequently than my turn. But the actions that happen on your turn are generally better. Uh, you get to do more things, you get more rewards for them, so you need to invest a lot if you want to make other players' turns more profitable. Um, so it, it is cool. I, I think that I played it a handful of times, probably four or five, and I find that the game runs a tad too long, only because if people don't start churning out a points engine, then nobody's getting towards 40. So it can get a little boring if there isn't a balance between people trying to score points and people trying to build some kind of cool combo. I've also found that not all of the cards seem terribly relevant. There are some different powers. Um, there, are, there are a couple quirky ways that you can engineer it so that when a certain number hits, you can activate a different number or there's like these charge things where you get to put cubes on them and then you can pull the cubes off to activate powers whenever. Some of those just don't seem as interesting. There's a card that just says you win, which if I hadn't stolen from you, bought it out from under you, you probably would have gotten in one so I, I don't know i but i do think it's a cool game it's a relatively cheap price and for this kind of lower intensity uh highly engaging game 
like I said, because you're just always focused on the dice and activating your stuff. I think it's pretty fun. Um, and there isn't a ton of player interaction, so you're not screwing each other over too, too much. Uh, so it's relatively family friendly or casual friendly if you're just not, you're not trying to look for anything that's too chunky. But that's space based. Tiff, that might be a game that you enjoy. This is the second time it's been recommended to me. Yeah. Dan Patrice uh, played it at Origins and highly recommended it yeah. as well. So it's pretty fun. I think that it's worth checking out. I always try to think of your games in the context of Game Club as well, because then you get kind of a twofer if you can play it at home and play it at, at school. And I think that this would fit both of those areas pretty well. It's very easy to play, low low entry for rule set and understanding. So the rule book is not great. I'll give you a heads up on that one. All the information's there. Just the layout is a little funky. They spend multiple pages going over the types of cards and then they send multiple pages going over the abilities that can be found on those cards and then they it takes a while to actually get to the part where you they teach you how to play the game Mm. (laughs) which i don't always love (laughs) yeah i get that how do you guys feel about rule books like that where they give you like this is there are three different types of cards in this game and this is what they look like and that we diagram them out and then in the rules section that comes five pages later they don't ever tell you about the cards because they have expected you to read those front diagrams yeah i don't know In in a lot of ways you need that like information up front otherwise you don't understand what's going on but even when they provide it i do generally like tend to skip it it's sort of like that sort of let's just play yeah attitude of of reading a rule book which is a mistake but like you also have to have some context like why am i why do i care about this so i i just think that that's just a hurdle in rule book making that just can't be avoided yeah they're like oh and make sure you consult the energy value and you're like i don't know what an energy value is and you have flip back six pages and you're like oh it's this number why not just put a diagram on the page where you talk about it Right. I mean, it in music, it's like, you know, no one likes learning scales or playing scales, but you have to do that in order to play music. So it's just like, that's what it is. Like learning cards in games is the same way. It's just a like necessary evil. Deal Boo. with it. Boo your acceptance, <laughs> Tiff. I don't know. Fair enough. All right. I guess it's my turn to talk about a game. I guess. I'm not sure what I would like to talk about. Looking over, I played some of the same games that Dan did. I mean, maybe I can. we can just talk about Altiplano. Dan was between Space Base and Altiplano. Let's talk about Altiplano, right? I wanted to hear about this anyway. Yay. It's a game with that alpaca on the front with the silly smile. It's very that cute. you never want to buy in game because it seems useless. So... <laughs> So I have only played this twice. I played once four-player, and I played once with Dan two-player. Uh, it's the new... This Is is this Reiner Stockhausen? Yes. That's a, okay. The the individual who created Orléans, the bag-building game. This is a very similar style of game in that it is also kind of a bag-builder where you're buying little circular chits and putting them on your board to activate things came out from renegade games recently over here in the states and i would say it runs probably like 90 ish minutes seems like the the bill from the the two games that i played but basically what you're trying to do is you have an action board like i said you've got little circle chits and there are i don't know 15 different resources that these chits could have on them anything from rocks and diamonds and stones to uh, alpaca and fish and uh, wood and all kinds of stuff. So basically, a big array of options. You have a board with action spaces, and a lot of them are resource conversions. So spend two of this to make this. Spend one of this and one of this to make this. So you're you're using your chits to make new ones, and then all of those go into your bag in a deck building fashion so when i've spent everything and i have nothing to draw out of my bag i get to put my discard pile into my bag and keep going and you never you never call things out so if i spend a wood and i don't remember exactly if i spend an alpaca and a food to get a wool i don't know if that's correct but you know uh that alpaca and food go back into my bag too so i'm not losing them so your bag is getting bigger as you go the points come from a variety of different ways, but you can specialize in buying these little house cards using your chits, and they'll give you bonuses. You can buy little boat cards that'll give you bonuses and points. And then there's a big warehouse board that you have where you, that is your call mechanic, where you're, you're 
placing your like chits, so all of my fish in a row, all of my wood in a row, all my rocks in a row, and as you fill up rows in your warehouse board, those completed rows are then worth points. So your chits at the end of the game also give you points based on how uh, wild or rare they are. Overall, I think the game is pretty fun. I only played Only Owns a few times, I've only played this a few times, so in comparison, I just feel like it's a natural thing to compare the two. Um, there's a lot more board play with Orleans. There's a couple different sections that you can focus on and bounce around. This game seems to have a more singular focus, although there are a variety of different actions. Generally, you're doing similar things. Um, there's less, like there aren't wild events like there are in Orleans that could potentially mess you up or set you back. Um, so this felt, this feels fairly mechanical in my mind. It feels like a lot of just run-of-the-mill resource conversion, but it is enjoyable. I find the conversion satisfying and trying to piece things together uh, to be an interesting puzzle. It's got that randomness of the draw that throws something into the mix uh, to, to consider. And I enjoyed it overall. I, I think that it's pretty good. The production value is okay. I was a little disappointed with some of the cardboard. Uh, I had some peeling on my punch board and the little boxes. Apparently a lot of people are having problems with the boxes that don't quite fit together. That's your discard pile. These little foldable origami cardboard pieces and they're kind of janky i had to actually glue some of mine together to get them to stay uh but overall i i think it's cool i got it for pretty cheap on amazon like 40 bucks and i think that that's about the price i would want it at but dan you played it you can weigh in a little bit i mean i've only played it once so don't crucify me for this opinion but i don't i don't need to play it I don't really I don't know like you said it was it was resource conversion but it, it lacked it lacked tension for me the only kind of tension in the game and I don't know maybe I just played really well was what I got out of the bag and if you do that right you should always kind of have an idea of what comes out of the bag like I went with like this ridiculously dominant money strategy off the bat and I think and this is not against Matt or anything, but I think I won by like 45 points. Like, it was ridiculous. Like, I was just cruising through it. Um, and I there wasn't any point in that game where I felt like you were going to beat me. Um, and again, this is not against you as a player. This is just, I just felt so confident in everything that was going on. I don't know if that's a bad thing. I just, there was no tension for me. The tension, if you want to compare in something like Orleans, is that, that management of the tracks, the the traversing the little countryside board the event cards um which there are way too many of in that game to begin with but they still add a nice little kind of something to think about um every turn like if i blow all these and the the tax card comes up oh i'm screwed i'm gonna lose all this money kind of thing um for me altiplano was literally just run-of-the-mill resource conversion and i'd rather do something like that in agricola or another game that is strictly resource conversion. I just felt like he took the idea of Orleans and actually made it less interesting by taking out a, a, a lot of that, What which made Orleans good for me, which is kind of the nature of the buildings, provided me with a little bit more sense of comboing and, um, and or asymmetric play. In this, it was like, you could get different buildings, but they weren't that big of an advantage. You know, Orleans had some some ones that's like people were chasing certain buildings at certain points in the game, and blocking a building or doing something like that really could have an effect on you or your opponents, um, which again adds a nice layer of tension uh, that I felt like this one lacked. Um, you know, moving around the board in our game, I, there was like two two of those little island pieces that neither one of us ever visited because it had no it had no impact on our, our strategies and we did two different strategies. I went heavy on like the contract cards and money and things like that. And you did a little bit of everything. It seemed like, um, more of kind of a well-rounded strategy, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I just wasn't for the amount of time it took. It just didn't really, it didn't really do that much for me. And, and that's not to say it's not a solid design I think from from that perspective I, I don't see anything wrong with the design other than 
it kind of it for me it lacked uh, it lacked attention that I wanted um but otherwise it it works just fine and I I you know yeah I don't know what to say it's early it's early I'm a bit, <laughs> I'm a bit tired. I know Dan Dan just like got out of mm-hmm. bed for the third time this yeah. morning <laughs> I, I did actually I was up at 3 a.m this morning it's good not great like it, it's fine I was gonna say I was reading some of the like lower BGG comments and the big thing that everybody's saying is kind of that they'd rather play Orleon that it has more interaction and that this is very like solitaire and it feels like a more boring version yes I I agree with that in a way I, um, I didn't like Orleon, so that's not good. Well, then this might be something that you do like, depending on what you didn't like about Orleon. I don't remember. <laughs> I think I think there might be remember. an audience for this game if you like straightforward, kind of more solitaire resource conversion. Like I, I, I think that there is a game here, and it's interesting enough. But like I didn't. I don't know. Like our four-player game was a little bit different than the two-player game in terms of availability of resources and things like that. So that might ha- maybe this just isn't a great two-player game. But I do say that between both plays that I had, it felt like it was running a little bit long, and it felt like when I got into the like the the third, the end of the game, like the the end third of the game, it dragged a little bit longer than I was expecting. Uh, in terms of like we just were trying to run out the clock in that four-player game and in Dan and I's game it went fairly quickly but there was so much availability of everything like we just had so many resources to grab Um, I think there was a little bit more scarcity in a four-player game so that might might help it out but it's definitely not a you're not spending a whole lot of time looking around at what everyone's doing it's a lot of just like okay is everyone done is everyone good and then you take your actions. Um, and it also has a pointless movement mechanism, no, just a it, heads up. Like, I don't... You have to be on the, this one of the seven different islands and kind of move around, but you can always get where you need to go, pretty much. Like, I, yeah, I was going to say, not not once did that ever cause me any, like, panic. The, like, the only time it impacted me was when I didn't draw food because you need food to move. So it's like, okay, I physically can't move because I did not draw the right tile because I have 15 in my bag and sure. I did not draw them but for whatever reason. You basically have access to everything yes, but, yeah, like, there's one there's only one that's ever taken out. Being able to go either way. Yeah, it's just yeah. being able to do multiple things, which it kind of hinders you, but I, I don't know. I felt like only a few times did I ever do more than like two things on a term just because of the way I was doing it I didn't go you went heavy into Mm. like bag draw quickly and I didn't I stayed with my base four or five whatever it was for pretty much the entire game and I was fine with that um because I just got into a and that's the other thing I think maybe that I got into this like engine build right where I was just getting steel or whatever it is or pearls turning it for money i mm-hmm. did that back and forth for like five turns because there was no better play you also and grabbed all the of the high contracts over and like over and over again and i think that that's something that i didn't like I did. is that, that you can just run to the contract place and you can take the 19 point contract actions and just grab them all and they just sit there and there's no negative for not finishing them yeah yeah, once I figured out there was no negative, I was like, sure, I've got I've got twenty dollars here. I'm just gonna go buy a bunch of contracts and I'll spend the rest of the game just yeah. buying resources and putting them on it. Yeah. Huge point swings. And they and were you, huge points. And you swings. deny everyone. Like there's only one of each. So if you buy up the first couple that are like nineteen, seventeen, fourteen, yeah. The only thing that the other person can get so is eleven. I guess points. that's a point of tension. I guess that could be a point of tension going back to my previous thoughts but i don't know i just i like orleon i don't love it either um like i said I, for me it's too long i think it's yeah. like you play like what 18 rounds in that game that could be a 13 round game 14 round game i don't know why they did it that way but whatever um but mechanically i found and uh like gameplay experience i find orleon to be much more interesting so i mean my recommendation is if you have orleans you don't need altaplano um they're the same experience if you don't have um, either, what do you If you want a bag-building experience, there's 10 other ones you can kind of supplement it. 
We can all agree that everyone should go play Hyperborea. Uh, you should try Hyperborea. It's I wouldn't like buy it. Twenty dollars on clearance. It's you know, so worth it. I I I think you might be right. <laughs> when I think about bag building games that I enjoyed, I I think Hyperborea might I'm be the you. one that I enjoyed that the most. That game is a fun game. Looking back on it, I hate Hyperborea that I'm has saying the best this. Board mechanism, but uh, yeah. the player board mechanism, but that out the common board that's that's boring what common board what wait what oh the middle where part you're moving your people like where you're like moving and like but it's an area control fighting a ghost <laughs> see i don't like area control that's the thing that brought Love it down it. for me but if only someone could create a bag building game that we need to try some more automobiles dan i need hypo hyperborea without area control please but then what's the point, Tiff? You know? I don't, to have I don't fun. know. <laughs> then it's a roll and write game. I've been playing a yes. lot of Welcome 2. People seem to like that game. Can we get bag building plus roll and write? I'm sure Is that's that coming. Is that possible? Bag and write? Come on, guys. Get on it. And there are roll and writes. I'm sure you could do a draw and write. I want it. Oh, I'm sure we're going to milk this cow for another another six to eight months. <laughs> Remember Maybe micro longer. games, guys. Remember, remember I'm so glad they're games. gone. Yeah, but micro games like were just destined to fail. Like rolling rights have a little bit more meat on them, but like, a lot and, of them and the solo don't. play possibilities. Some do. true. I got Alien Artifacts. I apparently kickstarted it, and it's a rolling right. I I played part of a solo game of it. We just acquired a copy of Istanbul Dice. I played that at Origins. It was okay. I didn't hate it. Yeah, okay. There you go. They're all well, This symbol's okay. not rolling, right? No. It's just a dice game. No. It's just oh, a dice okay. game. You're just racing to collect five oh, gems okay. or something like that. I take it all back then. Before we get a tweet. <laughs> rolling rights all suck because Istanbul the dice game. <laughs> well, here's my biggest problem with rolling rights, right? And Matt and I had this conversation like Welcome to good fine fine game whatever but it's kind of boring it's kind of go through the motion right like gone shown we might have this conversation in the last episode i don't even remember but i want i want these rolling rights to like make my decisions meatier give me some comboing ability give me give me another layer not just oh you made a grouping of six houses in numerical order you win cool like like that to me is just not that that fun like i don't know I like it for what it's, it is, but I, I'm not I expecting like, anything more from it. Sure, but that's that's what a lot of them are, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think they're going to start needing an extra layer for people to keep interest. Yeah, I think oh, that's I true. Oh, I think that's well. true. Because you want to be able to, like, combo something. Like, I want to be like, oh, if I place that nine here, that allows me to put a six here and maybe do this and cross off a pool and do that. Like, that, 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 that is the kind of the engagement I want from a rolling right because it's such a solo experience to begin with not just oh i'm gonna do a nine and cross off this box with my fence all right next card like that to me is just not that interesting but no i, I think well one the market's becoming saturated and they're not doing well, yes they're gonna have to advance they're gonna it's gonna widen out in the ways that a lot of games do like they're gonna there's gonna be some hardcore roll and write that comes out there's gonna be some super family friendly approachable like it's gonna go in all the directions to try to fill every niche it can before it eventually dies out so there's gonna be some heavy euro roll and write oh i'm sure there is and i was telling you the other day like i I was like, I could see turning one of my prototypes into a roll and write with like a board and thing like like you could do it I, I would like to see it as a piece of something and not like just the entire game I think is where I think I would like to see it for me as a gamer um, but I I mean it apply, it, it appeals to the, the solo game niche I get that um, and I get it appeals to people that want a quick filler puzzle and, and that's yeah. fine I have nothing against it I have nothing against game those fix, games. And I think that they're me. easier to design. And that's not to knock the design challenges because I have not ever designed a game. But they seem to be a little bit more straightforward in terms of I've got this basic mechanism. I'm bound by these dice or whatever I choose, these card flips or whatever. So I've got this 
randomizing factor. What do I want to do on this little piece of paper? So people are just kind of riffing on it. But overall, they generally all kind of resemble each other in some ways. Go buy Fleet Fleet Dice. Dice. That's the one for me that's done something different in the genre from the ones I've played. It's got an amazing little comboing system. It's got crunchy decisions. I I liked that one. Um, I haven't played No Siesta. People keep telling me I should try that to see if I like it. Um, I have no desire to sticker any dice, so I'll play somebody else's copy. Um, But yeah, if you haven't, go look at Fleet Dice. That's a good one. I like that one. I will say as a roll and write, that's my favorite. Ah, shilling for Matt and Ben once again. I will, but those guys <laughs> those guys make good and I they mean you do. have to admit, I'm kidding. I don't know if you've played it, but I haven't. Yeah, well you should get the get get Matt to send you the print and play. It's uh, it really does. It gives you the same feel of fleet, but like it really they really did a good job in making like some impactful decisions that like really kind of just chain off each other, which was fun for me. Kel really liked it. Like we played it at Unpub one time and Kel was like, Yeah, this is awesome. I'm not going to play it over like a meaty euro, but I'm saying if you're into rolling rights, if this is your thing, like that one I would yeah. I would recommend personally. And it just so happens to be made by two of my really good friends. So, so. take that how for about, what it's How worth. about this? You've got the rolling <laughs> right, you got your little thing you draw on, you got some dice, then in the middle you got a central board with area control. How's that sound? No? Area. Okay, I tried. A roll and write area control where I'm you get sure to erase your coming. opponent's troops. Boop, boop, boop. Okay. There you that go. That sounds like a good mat game. Yeah. Hi. Anywho. All right. We fine. can do that. <laughs> Tiffany B., tell me about the other game that you played. Yeah. Um. So I played Ghostbusters Protect the Barrier. Okay. I will be right back. Thanks. <laughs> Well, so I didn't even know this existed. It's based on the new Ghostbusters, the girl Ghostbusters, and it's a reskin of Ghost Fighting Treasure Hunters, or as I f- figured out once we started playing it, uh, Geister Geister Schatzmeister, which is the version that I actually own. Uh, I bought for Board Game Club. So uh, it it's you're just. You're on a board, it's cooperative, you each play as a Ghostbuster, I got to be Leslie Jones. Um, it is kind of a roll and move, so you, you roll dice and you move into these rooms and you're trying to get, I don't even know what they are, they're like paranormal devices of some sort. You're, you're trying to get them out of the building I think. I don't really know what the story is. I just, it has cool pieces. It has little Ghostbuster pieces and you can put the little chit devices on their backs as they move around and then there are, you you draw cards, you flip cards that haunt different kind of feels like pandemic. You put these little ghosts in and then if you get too many ghosts then a bigger ghost goes in and it can't be fought by one person it has to be fought by two people so we did lose so it does have a little challenge we there's like a basic version and a more complex version we played the more complex version so we lost uh, because the complex version you have to take all these devices out in order they're numbered so you have to go into the room then you have to flip them and then you have to like all take them out in order and work together to fight the ghosts so the rooms don't get too haunted and yeah and there's also like a big rowan rowan is a character in ghostbusters now thing that goes around and he can't be killed so the other ghosts you can fight there's little ghosts that you can just do one one on one. It's all dice roll based, and then there's uh, the bigger ones which you have to fight with another person, and then there's Rowan who you can't kill. And it's a roll and move as card flipping. It's cooperative. It was all right. I didn't hate it. I played this with Tristan two months ago. Yeah. I was a little skeptical because it's supposed to be like eight plus, like on the box. Right. Um, but like conceptually like the mechanics are pretty straightforward like you just mentioned like you nailed it like it's literally roll and move and then you roll up a, a ghost die and if you hit it you know fine it's dead or it's gone right. on the dice you have to roll a ghost to kill a yeah. ghost yeah yeah and you have like a 
60% chain or 40, I don't forget what it is. It's on like two or three of the sides. Yeah, and then you collect it and then you just literally walk it back. And I was like, okay, this is pretty simple. I was, to be honest, I was like, why is this eight plus? This seems like it could be easier than that. Um, because he picked up on it pretty easy. Yeah, it's super easy. But uh, yeah, it's it's fun. I guess for for a family game, like he liked it. The pieces were great. Like that's what he liked about it. Like the translucent ghosts and um, I haven't seen the Ghostbuster edition, but the the original, the Treasure Hunters, yeah, shots or shots or whatever it's called. Geister, um, Geister, shots. Geister, Geister. Meister. Like the little like glow in the dark ghosts. Like that that was super cool, and he loved just playing with that. So um, I lost his attention probably halfway through. Hey, uh, they, this game lost my attention halfway through. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, for a four-year-old, it ran just a little too long. Yeah. Um, but I, like I said, it was it was interesting to see him grasp it mechanically. Like he was like, "Okay, I roll," and he moved, and he was fine. Like I think they did a really good job of breaking it down into a family game. Right. I mean, that's what it is. It got I, the original uh, Schatzmeister one was a Kinderspiel winner. So, I mean, it's a decent game. It's a good kids game. Um, I didn't know that this Ghostbusters one existed. And even this Ghostbusters one has pretty cool components. I like the original one better because I'm one of those, I don't really like the new Ghostbusters people. Um, but I don't know. It was it was fun enough. I didn't hate it. The biggest compliment. <laughs> and, it, and the thing that kept happening, <laughs> the thing that kept happening in our uh, game was Kyle kept rolling. I forget what he kept rolling. Like, he was the one who was rolling a certain thing. Everybody had their own little job. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and I don't know how it worked out that way. He just, like, figured out how to roll whatever the ghosts on this, these dice, and no one else could get it. Or maybe it was threes. I don't remember. There was something he kept rolling, and that just, like, made it hilarious. It was like he had his own special die, but it but it was the same die we were all using. He just kept, like every turn he would get the same thing. It was just strange. Mm-hmm. And my husband kept rolling ones, and in the game you don't want like you want to yeah. be moving around because you're no, trying to get these you're devices not, you're not out going the door. Far on a one. Oh man, he was the one who had the first uh, device, and he's like he, he's like just put, puttering towards the door and we're just like roll a six so you can get there in six turns yeah yeah it just it took forever for us to get that first one out but i don't know it's okay all right if you can find it cheap you should buy it if you have kids and and i think the reason kyle owns this is because he bought it like i don't know where just really cheap because he's like a bargain hunter his bargain hunting leads to me playing some interesting games so there you go yeah i recommend it as a family game if you've got young gamers um yeah i would even yeah like i said don't let the eight plus intimidate you either i think i think you could play this easily under like five and up yeah well it says on board game geek the you know there's the recommended age but the community says five plus and i think that's close i think that's fine Nice. Dan, you got anything else for us? Um, I don't know. If you want to talk things. I played Megaland. I don't even know what that is. Megaland is the new Red Raven Target exclusive game. Welcome. Let's do it. Wow. Wow, guys. <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, so, TC got a copy of this somehow it's not out yet um but it is going to be a target exclusive which i've seen online that's kind of annoyed people uh, <laughs> they're like he's so out we've sub- well because it's like everyone who's like because especially the retailers the retailers are upset that they've kind of supported red raven and all his kickstarters and things like that and here is a game that is going to probably do well and they don't even have a shot at putting it in their stores it's going to do really thing. well at target um yeah, well, the thing is, is it's not like Ryan Lockett's not going to make more games. Calm down, retailers. Yeah, yeah, I've just like I said, just a few people I've seen on the on the interwebs that seem to own shops and be a little bit sad that they're not able to get it. But I I wouldn't be too sad. Um, 
it'll do well because of I guess the artwork uh, it'll be interesting to see because I think I think his art style has built up a following within the board game community but I'm curious to see if that translates to like the mass market like do they find his art style to be appealing I find it to be very samey um, while still looking very I love like the way he paints and stuff like that I think it's a it's a nice style but after a while it all starts to look the same to me isn't um, that true for any artist that has a distinctive style? It could be, yeah. Like Miko. You can oh, tell a Miko man, game. Tell a Miko game. But I wouldn't say Quan Chai. I think Quan Chai. Like, you think of, like, Quan a Quan Chai, right? That guy's style, his range, yeah, his range is ridiculous. And I'm, like, I just saw something else he did. I forget what it was the other day. But I was like, yep, that's pretty awesome. He does have a distinctive style that I think people notice. But I've seen him do other games that I was like, that's Quan Chai? Like, really? No, I've done, like, where where you're looking at a game, you're like, I really like the art of this. And then someone's like, it's Quan Chai. And I'm like, oh, right. That makes sense. Yes, the quality. But I I don't immediately look at it and go, oh, yeah, yeah, Quan Chai. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, you definitely know Ryan Lockett because it does all look the same. And you know, like, you know, Vincent Dutre. I like it, though. Oh, Vincent Yeah. And Don't even fine. get me going. What I'm trying, what I'm saying about lock, like, it's, it's the same in that, like, it seems like he almost like reuses all the characters over and over. Again. Well, is he, isn't he trying to build a cohesive world though? Like, does it, is that it? It's not my thing. Like, I think it's pretty, but I don't need to see it over and over again. It's Anyways. my thing. I don't mind seeing it over and over. <laughs> it's in target. Anyways, let's talk about gameplay because that's where he completely loses me most of the time. Um, Mega Land, right? So this is basically. Inking gold plus machi kuro. That's a weird combination. Inking gold in that it has that pressure lock, keep going or get out. And then I say machi kuro because you're like able to like buy buildings that let you do things either in between turns or during your little adventure thing or something like that. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. I don't know. I could be completely off base, but that's the that's the initial feel I got from my two plays, right? basically what's happening i'm trying to remember do you roll dice or something like what do you no you don't roll dice okay. at all in the game so like i said the machikura thing for me is just using the things you collected to buy these buildings that progress you towards your victory point total in some way or another kind of thing so in a simplistic way like they literally just sit there and either do like a one-time effect or they do something that triggers um so again it was just the first thing that came to mind when we were playing, and I was like, "This feels like it looks like you're much gathering things, treasure but... cards as you go and fighting monsters." Yeah. So basically, what's happening? So like the ink and gold piece is like, so you're you're all gonna start on one spot, and you're gonna flip over a card. Um, there's a breakdown of cards. Um, there's a couple of blank ones. There's some with monsters that do one damage. There's some that do two. There's some that do three. Um, I think that's I think that's it there's like different monsters that do different damage so each player has a certain number of hearts basically what's going to happen is you flip over a card if it's blank you can say i'd like to keep going or you could pull out if you keep going you get a treasure card right when you pull out these monster cards they're going to hit you so if you pull out like a a two a monster card that hits for two and you've got four health you lose two you've got two left so then the decision becomes do I think another two could come up and kill me? Which, at that point, I would lose everything and be bounced from the dungeon thing. Or the three could do it. Or do I think there's a really good shot, depending on what's on the board, that one or zero come out? That kind of thing. Pressure luck, basically. That's all it is. So each card, you go further and further, you get a treasure card. These treasure cards can then be turned in at the end, once everyone's either pulled out of the dungeon or gotten eliminated there's a little buy phase where everyone can there's a set number of buildings um i think there's like 10 buildings out each game they're variable um depending on the ones you pull out and what you're doing is you're spending uh, i believe it's different types of treasure to buy these buildings so the building cost might be four which means you have to spend four different types of treasure so you need to go in and collect treasure because within the treasure bag there's um, there's varying amounts of each treasure. So like there's one treasure that there's like 20 of them in there. There's the other one that's like super rare. So if you have that one, you know you've got you don't want to lose it. So you might pull out from the dungeon sooner. 
because it gives you a different treasure to buy these cards kind of thing. So get these cards. These cards are going to give you uh, coins or some sort of little small ability that alters your ability to either buy further buildings or traverse the little dungeon thing or whatever. Um, and I think it's first to 20 coins wins. So it's a super simple game. Um, it fits it fits nicely in like what I would expect to come from like a target game. Um, I think you did well at kind of distilling the experience into something that's um, easily picked up, fairly casual, uh, looks pretty. Um, I will say like I, as much as like I, I, I railed on his art a little bit, which isn't to say I was railing on. I think he does very good art. Um, I just I'm it's not really for me. The the color scheme in this one I, I loved because it was like pastel pinks and purples and everything. It had this really weird kind of vibe to it, which I dug because um, it was different. You don't get that in board games. You get a lot of you know blues, greens, yellows, beiges, browns. But like this was like fuchsias and like crazy blues and like I, I liked I liked the color palette. Um, if I can comment on that. <laughs> uh, the name Megaland, dumbest name I've ever heard. Don't understand what it means. Uh, <laughs> but um, I don't know. It, it'll have shelf presence, I think, just because of that, that kind of bold color palette that he used um, alone. So gameplay-wise, yeah. I think if you're into casual, you got a casual group, uh, family group, um, it would fit in there. I personally like, I think I like Ink and Gold better. I think Ink and Gold is just, a, it's a classic. It's pure. It's just, it's a beautifully designed game. I think it also plays more people. So um, for a party game that comes into play for your decisioning, um, I would look at that. I forget how many Megaland played up to, maybe five or six. Um, but Ink and Gold, I think, goes up to like eight. Looks maybe. like this plays up to five. Um, five, okay. And Ink and Gold, I think, goes to like eight or at least six um so yeah i thought it was i thought it was a good not great if that's the kind of theme we're going with i i thought it was um i thought it was executed well for what they were going for um i do love pressure luck games so um i, I give it a notch up for that just because it's like my favorite mechanic ever um the pressure luck here was was very simple so um but it there was enough of a decision in buying the buildings as well as like whether you kept going to kind of make it um, interesting enough is what I would say. So yeah, I would check. I don't know what's going to price for in retail. Um, I also don't even know when it comes out in retail, um, but it will be a target exclusive. That's Megaland from Ryan Lockett. Check it out if you're into the lighter games. Tentative release date is July 29th. Okay. So coming soon. So they can sell it at Gen Con probably. At Target can sell it at Gen Con? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's a Target exclusive if he can even sell it at Gen Con. That's true. I wonder. I don't know how that works. Yeah. I don't either. Actually, you know what? I don't think so because when when I tried to get Suspicion, which was a Target exclusive, they weren't selling it at the convention. They were only demoing it. Mm. So... So he can demo it, I guess, at Gen Con. Fair enough. Anyways, Megaland. Megaland. Uh, yeah, okay. I don't know what else to talk about. I don't know. Does anybody else have any good, interesting gaming experiences of late that are worth talking about? I've been playing a lot of prototypes. Yeah? So, I haven't been playing many published games. I mean, what more do you want from me? I played two games, you guys. Seriously. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've, I've played a whole bunch of stuff, um, just like randomly, especially across like Origins, which we talked a little bit about, and then having getting in small games here and there. Um, I don't know that I've played anything that super stands out, as I guess kind of what I'm feeling, although... I don't know if I've talked about it before, but I played another game of Crystal Clans against Kelly B, which is, sorry, against, <laughs> that's what I call my wife, Kelly B, um, against Kel, and I really do enjoy that game. So it's from Plat Hat, it's this weird, like, Summoner Wars style game, two-player card game, um, it's, it's really fun, 
and it's a game that I played initially and I played a couple of times and like I liked it and then it sat on the shelf for a little while and Kel pulled it out and was like let's play this real quick we picked it up and played it I really enjoy the tactics of that game it's very fun it's the artwork is lovely I started following the artist on uh, Instagram because I really like his style and it's it gives me a Summoner Wars feel. I can't decide if I want to go back and play some Summoner Wars or not because I really did like that was very early on in my uh, like designer gaming tabletop gaming uh, repertoire, and we really had a lot of fun with that game. So this kind of brings back some of those memories, and I just I, I enjoy the game. It's very fast to play. It seems like there's potentially some swinginess in it, but I'm just trying to keep it really light and try to play this game casually and enjoyably and not be a competitive card gamer when I approach it because it because I think it facilitates a nice casual play and really doesn't want you to go too hard into like it doesn't have any deck building or anything like that so you're not trying too hard so I like that feeling of playing a card game and not having to worry too much about strategy and like think about it in my off time and deck build and things like that so I, I i'm enjoying that so that was just something that popped up but i think we already talked about crystal clans so i know it's not either of your style of game so i'm just throwing it out there i've had a good experience with it it's like 40 dollars. i think it's a very nice package i'm happy for you <laughs> I haven't, like, heard about a plaid hat game in a while. It was refreshing. They are doing <laughs> some stuff. They just had that new Samurai Ninja Space Yeah, Starship Samurai thing. came out. That is out, and I know very little about it. I actually was sitting down the table from Isaac Vega as he taught it in the free play area at Origins. It doesn't really interest me. But it's got cool minis that are like weird sci-fi meets traditional Japanese samurai style. So there's like, they're almost like Gundam-y because they're like space samurai, as you can imagine. The game is called Starship Samurai, but so imagine like a... I don't know if I need that mashup in my life. It's kind of cool. I, don't I know. thought that this was supposed to be the next like Dead of Winter style theme. Didn't they do that? Didn't they have some poll where they were like, what do you want the next Crossroads game to be? And people picked like... They did. Feudal Japan or Space Japan. I thought that was a thing. And then this game came out, which I felt like it came out of nowhere. I don't know. I used to follow them closely. Yeah, I... Just because they were out of Ohio. But then they moved out of Ohio and I was like, forget about you, Plat Hat. You're dead to me. Now they're in Texas. Yeah. No. That's all right. Texas is oh. okay, too. This is... <laughs> I'm trying to see. Where where are the little... Oh, it doesn't have any mechanisms listed on BGG. Oh. So I don't know. doesn't need mechanisms. It has it minis. It says to use di diplomacy to bring honor to your clan. Ugh. Um, and when negotiation is not enough, you can launch massive fleets and fearsome weapons known as samurai mechs to crush your enemies it's a game about extortion do this or my samurai mechs will blow up your dry cleaner business <laughs> no? very okay. nice fair enough I don't know I don't know what else Plat Hat is doing but Crystal Clans is A-OK -okay by me is what I'm trying to say I cannot vouch for any of their other games except that Dead of Winter is the single greatest contribution to the gaming hobby ever. <laughs> wow. I still have an in-shrink copy, everybody, of so of hit me up if you still haven't played Dead of Winter. Yeah, I don't know how I ended up with that. I guess I bought it and then played someone else's huh. copy a few times. Because I've played it more than once. I just haven't played my own in-shrink copy. If you need Dead of Winter, you should hit me up. You should send at cinnamon buns <laughs> spelled phonetically hashtag inept gamer <laughs> i like how you're a hashtag now <coughs> yeah i'm i've i've gone into the realm of hashtag i'm not at i mean i am someone someone dm'd me and i get email yeah. alerts so i guess you could do that if you really need to contact me you could dm me and i would see it in my email well, there you go 
the new path to tiff is open there's so many paths they're just very they're hard there's a barrier Quick, to entry go now run <laughs> all right well if nobody has anything else to talk about i mean we can call it right there i think that we have a couple of things good we job have, everyone we have some topics that we want to talk about that we're going to have to plan out and do like a topic show because um, i'm interested in chatting about some things but those will come in the future for today just games talk that's that's a great teaser hey things are coming eventually they come when Maybe. they come you know i just yeah welcome to our show we're a free spirit podcast yes we don't we're not bound by the pressures <laughs> of dates and deadlines obviously you know, it's always a surprise even to us when you see our podcast podcast in your feed all right everyone thank you all for joining us this has been the podcast from nonsensical gamers if you ever want to reach out to us you can always do so on the internet in various places check out nonsensicalgamers.com to find the shows and things like that be sure to go to bgg bgg guild number 2077 or find us on places like instagram or twitter dan if they want to find you and talk about soccer is soccer still happening or prototypes is what still soccer yeah like world cup yeah i think you mean football it is by the time this episode comes out though it'll be over i think it, it ends by the time this episode Sunday. comes out the year will be over dan that's true okay as well. so don't talk to you about soccer <laughs> just talk to you about i mean you can talk to me about soccer because by the time it comes out arsenal will be back which means premier league well where do they do that at scandalous underscore nad or at league nonsense and i'll skip over tiffs and soccer greater than nfl <laughs> It seems like a lot of sports, hockey and soccer, seem to be better than baseball and football these days. So, mm. don't skip over me. I'm at inept gamer. You can still I I do check Twitter on my computer when I'm on it every once in a while. Like if I'm if I'm writing a paper, I'll like click on Twitter and see if how many notifications I have. That's definitely the time you want to be looking at Twitter is when you have other things to do. Well, yeah, that's usually why that's I click fair. on Twitter because I don't want to be writing an educational paper in the middle of the summer, but, you know, fair it enough. happens. All right, so at Inup Gamer, remember that you can always DM her and then you get to end up in her email inbox too. So that's cool. Fun stuff. You can find me at Cinnamon Bun spelled phonetically. Thank you all for joining us. We will see you again next time. Until then, let's all say goodbye. Toodles. Bye. Bye. Bye.